Here's a nifty idea. When you grow and prosper, your community grows and prospers too. That's how it works when you bank at Arundel Federal Savings Bank. Keeping your money in the community. Arundel Federal only accepts deposits and lends right here in the state of Maryland. Your deposit might help finance a first home, help launch a new business, or send someone to college. Learn more at ArundelFederal.com. Arundel Federal, a Maryland community bank. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. This episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast is brought to you by God is My CEO, a prayer journal for entrepreneurs. I am so excited about this journal because it is the first ever prayer journal specifically for entrepreneurs. God gave me this idea a little over a month ago for me to create this journal for business owners. And I am just amazed with the response that has gotten thus far, the people who've been able to pre-order it and download the the virtual digital version um, and get started with growing that relationship with God and allowing God to be the CEO of their business. This journal is amazing because it has a space for you to surrender your business to God. Uh, It has a space for you to write down your million dollar ideas that God is going to give you as you grow in your relationship with him. It has a place for you to write down your answered prayers so that you can constantly be reminded that if he did it once, he'll do it again. There's a page, there's a section called I feel, but I know. In that section, it allows you to navigate the difficult feelings and sometimes just the very personal feelings of being an entrepreneur and relate that to what the scripture says so that you can be encouraged in those not so sexy parts of entrepreneurship. There's also a section for sermon notes. So if you guys are like me and you watch a lot of sermons online or if you just attend church, there's a section for you to take notes in there as well. And then, of course, there are the journaling pages. So there's a morning and evening section for you to journal and spend time with God every single day. So I'm so excited about this journal. I've been getting such amazing responses from everyone who's pre-ordered already and been able to utilize the digital version. So make sure you go to www.blessedandbossedup.com so that you can pre-order yours today. Let's start the show. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up presented by Anchored Media an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny his way. Welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. I am like... So excited about today's episode. Super excited. Because we have guests. Like last year I was doing, um, I had guests, but I didn't know all the guests. Right. So one of the things going into this year, I was like, I only really want to interview people I know because right. it just makes for a better conversation. Better, better conversation, exactly. And then a lot of times people put on like their PR persona when it comes to doing any type of media. So with this podcast, we're not really about that. We like to have real conversations, talk about real stuff. Yeah. And I don't want to hear your bio. I want to hear your heart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
So I'm excited about today's guest because I get to interview not only somebody I know, but like my best friend best in the friend. whole wild world. In the whole world. In I'm whole so world. excited. I wouldn't want to interview with anybody else other than you. Okay. All right. Because <laughs> you had about 27 interviews this week. Right, right, right. But I love you though. Okay. So all right. Sure. Man. All right. <laughs> anyway, so on today's episode, we have the amazing William Casanova. Thank you so much. I, I don't like calling that. That means so much coming from I you. I really don't oh like calling gosh. you that. I'm only calling you that for the sake of this podcast. I appreciate you. So people you. can know like what your stage name is. Thank you so much. But I promise you I will never call you that again. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah, so you are a contestant on American Idol. Yeah. Um, you, they recently let you go. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. Of course, we're going to talk about your experiences. But I want to just have like a real conversation, the type of conversations that you and I have all the, the time, time anyway. Yeah, exactly. And just cut the microphone on so people could really just understand understand like the journey, the process. Like people may follow either one of us on Instagram and be like, oh, you're doing so Tomorrow, well. Yeah. yeah, I'm so proud of you. You inspire me so much. Exactly. But there's like real life stuff that goes on goes, behind the scenes that nobody gets to see. They only get, we only, I mean, you know, we both know the power of perception. So Facts, we want to, yeah. we, we want to show people like, this is like the glorious moments and everything like that. And this, I think it's the times when we really, be going through stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just lean on each other. I feel mm-hmm. like, and just, you know, and work through it, but the people don't get a chance to like really indulge in that. So I think it's moments like these that are important just for like people to like really understand. And I, mm-hmm. I, that's why I think it's cool that, you know, know we talking to each other and people can really just like take a glimpse inside and like see like okay so this is what you know it feels like it's not all like roses and you know Mm -hmm. sunshine it's really not and one thing i really love about our friendship is i feel like we've grown at pretty much the same Same pace pace. and that doesn't really happen like a lot of times you may be light years ahead of your friends and then you trying to help them get put on or whatever but we've really grown grown at at the the same same pace pace. yeah and it's been amazing because like you said like we've really been each other's shoulder to cry on yeah for real I, i can call you no matter what's going on yeah you know and vice versa or you can hit me up and be like i'm back home for a week and i got all this going on i need you to put on your publicist hat yeah, for a week no, and everything real. gets pushed back with no questions no, for asked. and i think it's just a blessing just to have just to have the relationship that we have um for our journeys because we both going through you know pursuing dreams and stuff like that i just think i just appreciate you no, i appreciate you no nah, i nah, for real <laughs> Nah, for real. Look, yeah. y'all, these all these Instagram videos and snaps and stuff that y'all are seeing, like on my Instagram, and I'm looking all good, walking through stuff. That's her behind the camera. Okay, <laughs> I need y'all to know she's really just, man. It just pays that. It not even pays. It's priceless to have a best friend that literally understands everything that you go through is down for whatever, whenever, yeah. and just can help you through whatever. That's a blessing, you know. I'm happy ain't nothing because I know like for both of us. If something happened with you and I had to like risk my like everything I worked towards, I would do it in a second. second, And I'm so glad that ain't happened. Like ain't nothing happened. To where we done messed ourselves up up because we just be down for Yeah, for whatever. For whatever. For whatever. But you need those type of friends too that'll risk it all. Like I'm gonna risk Mm -hmm. it all because I love you and believe in you that much. Like Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So that's beautiful. So let's talk about the journey. We met, I mean, I I was in what, ninth grade? Yeah, I was in in tenth. That was like oh seven. 
Oh my gosh, we getting old. It was like we're well, beginning of 06 going into 07. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we've known each other forever. Ever. So it was not even one of those things where you was already popping and I'm I was doing well and what I was doing and we met and became cool. Like right. we've legit been close yeah. for ever right. like I've cried on your shoulder about breakups and vice versa yeah. like we've been through a lot oh man let's not talk about that alright <laughs> All right. we, we talking about business alright yeah. we gonna talk about the stupid stuff that I didn't do yeah. that you had to bail me out yeah, for cause I'm a hitter for real <laughs> Let everybody know, let your listeners know, like, you're talking to a hitter right now, okay? For real. Yeah, but um, let's talk about just you getting into the your singing career. So yeah. when we met, we were in piano class. Yeah, for And you sure. used to get on my nerves. Yeah. Because you just so chatty. Yeah. And I've always been an introvert. Yeah. But you, you're just a people's person. So yeah. you were just getting on my nerves, per usual. I was stuck with you in class every day. Yeah. And then we just connected like that. That's but, real. Ever since then, then you progressed to going on into the go-go scene. So yeah. for y'all that don't know, we got people from Brazil tuning into our live. Shout out to Brazil. Y'all got yeah. the beautiful women out there. Okay. Uh. So for y'all that don't know, <laughs> go-go is like a DC staple as far as the music scene goes. For sure. And it, it hasn't really made it too far out of DC. Like Wale puts it in songs and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, sure, but sure. it hasn't become like a mainstream thing. So I kind of want to talk about what made you get into the go-go scene first yeah. and then what made you want to transcend that so uh there was this guy that went to school with us um and i don't know if you remember him uh, his name is dante matter of fact you you gotta remember with dante with yeah, little mm-hmm. dante uh mm-hmm. you know he came to me uh you know and i have i had i've had you know people come to me and like you know i want you to sing in my go-go band and you know what i'm saying it was like mm-hmm. i really wasn't really into that growing up you know i was more into like just the oldies and then that 90s r&b and the, mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying you know biggie i love the biggie like so i wasn't into music music like i never really understood go-go like that like growing up you feel what i'm saying so it wasn't until i think i was in like 11th grade when that happened um he had came to me was like yo bro i want you to sing in my go-go man and, you know he kind of just and he dante was like my introduction to go-go like you know what i'm saying like just what it was like listening to all the like i didn't understand like all these bands and like you know being around go-go being from dc like you know what go-go is like yeah. you you bang with go-go you know what i'm saying but i just didn't know the ins and outs i didn't know the you know what i'm saying like the transitions i didn't know you know pocket you know the bounce beat the socket yeah. beat like mm-hmm. all the different you know terminologies and, and things like that about go-go so he really just like sat down and explained that to me like he 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 showed me who a ABM was. He showed me who T.O.B. was. He showed, you know what I'm saying? Like, all the mm-hmm. bands that are around D.C. that are, that are like, you know, premier bands. He kind of, like, just, that, he was my introduction to that. Mm-hmm. And I fell in love with it. I mean, it was something I was already familiar with. Yeah. But um, once, you, once you're in it, and I think that's the beauty, that beauty in Go-Go, once you have the understanding of it, I think the understanding is, like, the biggest part of it. Because mm-hmm. even with people that are not from here... Um, if you don't understand it, you're not gonna like it. You know, right. it's, it's and, and I can do all the explaining in the world to try to teach you like what go go is, but go go is a feeling. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If you don't feel it, you're just not gonna understand. It. And if you don't understand it, then it's over. Mm-hmm. So um, once I got the feeling and I understood it, it was over. And I just wanted to be a part of it. So um, we started off with just doing like the the local go-go band thing it didn't really work out because it was just like you know mm-hmm. you know it was just something you, that garage band that you did for fun yeah but um 
going back into what you said about my personality, you know, just being always the chatty guy, always being the people's person, always, you know, having that, that, that personality, uh, in mm-hmm. me and with my newfound love of go-go, uh, I created this like internet radio show. I have, I don't even know how I found out about it. It was called blog talk radio. Yeah. I was like, yeah. what's the name of it? I yeah, was trying to think blog of blog talk radio. Talk radio. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't mm-hmm. even know how I found out about that website, but either way mm-hmm. I was like, dang, you can come up with like your homemade bootleg radio show <laughs> like, like uh, podcast, yeah man. like it, it, was, it was like the early stages of uh-huh. podcast and i was like you can uh-huh. have your like own like bootleg go like ra- radio show i was like that's tough mm-hmm. and then i had one idea i had one day i just woke up and had an idea i was like i should do a go-go radio show gotta mm-hmm. be dope like mm-hmm. really really dope and i was like well what I, what would i call it like you know what i'm saying like what would it even be called and then i was just like you know cranking and and i don't know if you know we have so many you me and you both we have viewers from everywhere that might not understand the terminology so i have to break stuff down mm-hmm. um you know the word crank uh we uh we use in go-go just to to highlight you know somebody's like really like oh you're really pumping with the music like it's really mm-hmm. good like it, it's it's great like and so we use the terminology cranking so i was like okay so you know what would i uh, crank crank you know, crank fest like it's a crank fest like because literally mm-hmm. it was just like a a good time of like go go and just like cranking the whole hour just talking mm-hmm. about different topics having like the lead mics of different go go bands come on my show and talk about like you know what they got going on yeah. the direction everything like that um yeah and it really took off because it go before that like go go it was it's such a it's such an underground genre mm-hmm. uh, in in DC and just in the world in general. Um, you know, it's really just something you got to be a part of or really know about to be a part of. It didn't have uh, a lot of airplay on the radio. You know, yeah. when when even with the local stations, the local stations you would have don't, like your little nine o'clock nine o'clock little go go session, on, yeah. or they'll play like certain songs like during the day, like just because it just blew up that big. Yeah. But they really didn't have a solidified just like. Imagine if DC they had a go-go station. That mm-hmm. would be so hard. And I thought that was like tough. You mm-hmm. feel me? So I was like, well, we're gonna have our own station. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna do it like every it was I did it during the summertime. Mm-hmm. So I could do it literally every day. I did it like four or five days a week. Like literally, and it's just like an hour, two hours of just like straight go-go. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't I knew it was a good idea. I did I underestimated how big it would get. Like it yeah. got to a point where we were literally getting like five hundred followers. I mean five hundred viewers like a night. Like mm-hmm. people was like it got that big, you know. So and then because of that, I became Fat boy crank, like you know what I'm saying, like and just uh, started doing local shows. Um, then I became like a host of like the Go Go. So the guy like in between the Go Go bands when they would come on, like just yeah. hyping up the crowd, like you know, just a conductor of ceremonies, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was cool. And then I transitioned to like you know singing, like because you know I got away from singing just because I was so engulfed, yeah, with some of my personality yeah. and mm-hmm. being like you know Fat boy crank, the host of Crank Fest Radio and. He hosting all these go-go's and yeah. I, you know, I kind of forgot about the music. I was like, forget that. Like I'm the man. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't even gotta sing. Yeah, I, don't, I ain't gotta sing. I could just be me and get all these girls. And, <laughs> right. man, this is the dream I'm living. So, right. you know, but I kind of got away from it. But then um, um, but yeah, and then um I kind of transitioned back into uh I transitioned back into singing. Cause it was just like, you know, when singing's a part of you, it's always a part of you. You know right. what I'm saying? So uh um, I remember this one night I was at the La Pearl 
And I had just, uh, and that's a, a go-go venue that's in DC. You know, TCB used to, uh, TCB, which is also a go-go band, big go-go band in the area at the time when Polo was alive. He's the leader of the band. Um, TCB was one of the biggest bands in DC, um, next mm-hmm. to Backyard. Um, and every Sunday night they would have these, uh, they would have these, uh, these shows at the La Pearl. Um, and I would go with uh, one of my closest friends. His name is Reddy Rob. He would take pictures, you know, for people like that wanted to get in the picture booth and do their thing. Um, so uh, there was this band that performed before uh, TCB every night, and they were called 3DB. Um, um, and uh, you know, they were they were really good. They were really good. I mean, at one point in time, they were one of the premier go-go bands in like DC. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Sebo. Shout out to Cocky Man. Okay. Sorry. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, you know, I love showing love to people. Uh, so yeah, you know, I had one time they were just in there, you know, rehearsing and practicing and I had just got up on stage and just, you know, started singing with them mm-hmm. and, um, had their manager cocky at the time and approached me and was like, yo, you know, would you like to sing, you know, with 3DB? And I was like, yeah, like I, you know, three, like I said, three DB was like one of the premier groups of in in DC as far as go go at the time, you know. And with their lead, Mike Sebo, he was a a well renowned, uh, you know, person in general. Just lead Mike, like he was all he was well respected. Everybody knew who Sebo was. So mm-hmm. for me, you know, just a little young and you know, what I'm saying, even though I had came up and did things myself just under my own name, of course, I would want to be around like these mm-hmm. people that have been doing their thing in the game forever. So I was like, yeah, I'd love to sing with 3DB. Yeah. And um, that took off from there. And, you know, and then I transitioned from singing with 3DB to, you know, singing with Reaction, um, which is also one of the biggest bands uh, in D.C. as far as Go-Go's involved. Um, you know, did my thing with that. Um, but I think it was with my, my in my tension with Reaction is where I kind of re- realized, like, this is this this is not it because once mm-hmm. I when I was in reaction I also kind of dribbled back into like you know once I started singing again I really started singing again and um I started realizing like yo like I got a talent that kind of like is transcends yeah it transcends at. way past like yeah. where I'm at and like Gogo starting to feel like you know and I love Gogo and I'll never want to get that misconstrued but Gogo just started to feel like I was kind of like wasting my talent a little bit. You mm-hmm. know, I feel like I, I was like, man, I could be so much more. And then I'm like, I'm hearing these people that are on the radio that aren't as good as me, that don't have the kind of creativity that I have and aren't yeah. making the kind of music that I can make mm-hmm. and knowing that I have the power to like make some good music. And, but I'm spending four nights a week, like in a go-go club, like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? That's not really meeting where I could hit. So, so it was, uh, it was the, my, I think my single reaction kind of like made me realize how, who I was. And, you know, I, I didn't know how good I was yet, yeah. but at that time I just realized I had something that was different you know and i had to stop doing things that um that was so much here you know in a smaller scale yeah and start doing things on a bigger level so so it's a couple things and the reason why i wanted you to tell that story is because i feel like it really sets the tone for the rest of your journey yeah one of the things being that you've never been afraid to just go after and just dive head first into what it is that you wanted to do right and a lot of people and we get this question a lot on this show and just in the the circles that i'm in people feel like 
people have a fear, um, like a paralyzing fear that stops them from either start starting their business or going after whatever their dream is. Right. And you don't come across a lot of people who are just fearless and actually going into that pursuit. Yeah. And you and I have always connected on that because we both are just like, look, if I want to do it, I'm going to do it. Like if it fails, OK, but I'm going to do it because I can't deal with what if I don't. Right. But a lot of people really don't get to that point. And another thing that you said, too, was um, how you were in that moment and you realized that this isn't it. Like my voice transcends this. Yeah. And I was we've talked about this on the show. There's a book by T.D. Jakes called Soar. And so in a book, he talks about um, the business isn't the dream. Mm-hmm. The business is just the vehicle to take you to that dream. Right. But what happens is and, it, oh, and he also says that your current business may not be it, but it may lead you to, to it. it to it. Yeah. And so a lot of people, they feel like if they get into a situation and they have to pivot, that looks like failure to them. Right. As opposed to you just getting into it and you're like, OK, I'm, I need to make an adjustment. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get to the dream yeah. on this vehicle. It's time for me to, to pull over, hop off of this car yeah. and get another one that's going to actually take me there. But a lot of people really just don't have that. Yeah. So, like, is that something that you've always had just being like, whatever, I'm just going to go after this? Or what would you say to somebody who just doesn't have that in them? I always aspire for more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never had... it. I was blessed to never have a complex of not, you know, not wanting to do something, you know, and I'm saying that I'm saying that in a way of like people, people are like satisfied with being average. Like Mm -hmm. they, they do average things. Like you just wake up every day, they go to nine to five, like, and they come home and they just, you know, Mm -hmm. that's some people, that's just what they want to do. To me, that's like nothing though. Mm -hmm. Like I never had that, like, I want to do nothing. Like, I want to do something. Well, it's not nothing. Yeah, because well, yeah. Have, you know, yeah, some people yeah. have to be in those situations to, to yeah. provide for themselves, to yeah. provide for their families That's or facts. whomever. So it's just, I wouldn't call it nothing, but it is sometimes it's just necessary. Yeah, yeah. But how do they get from the point of just doing what's necessary to embracing a certain level of fearlessness to and yeah, and what, and, go after what they want? And I think just, I said that, that just to highlight the going into what you're asking me, uh, just wanted if you want that like what are you going to do like especially if nobody's going to do it for you you know what i'm saying i really mm-hmm. got to a space where it's just like i just wanted to be something yeah. i wanted to you know what i'm saying so it was like and if it's in my power to be that i'm going to use everything in my power to be whatever it is that i want to be so whether it's starting a radio show whether it's like me hosting a gogo or me being in a gogo band or me just wanting to be outside of dc and become something bigger like i've always had to like yo I want to be that and nobody's going to tell me that I can't be that, mm-hmm. you know, especially when I have the tools to be that. So I just really just, I don't, I can't even explain it. Like, cause it's, it's never it, until of recently, you know, and especially with this conversation, I'm just thinking about it now. I never had the thought of just like, you know, I don't know, like, you know what I'm saying? Or, yeah. you know, whatever. It's just like, you know, I, I think uh, we all have fears. Mm-hmm. As far as like, you know, trying something new or doing something outside of our comfort zone or whatever like that. But I never let fear stop me from like going to be something because at the end of the day, like you said, like nothing, nothing comes from nothing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like if you don't put fast, if you don't put the work in, 
you're not going to get anything from that. Mm -hmm. Like nothing from that. Like, and I learned that at an early age. Like the more that you put into it, the better that your outcome is going to be. Yeah. You know, so, so that's a strategy right then, right yeah, there. Then, yeah, yeah. Put more into whatever your dream is. Yeah. For anybody who's listening, who's actually struggling with being paralyzed by fear or being caught up in just the emotions of day to day life, just put more into whatever it is that your dream is. Um, exactly. I was telling him, me and BJ had a conversation recently, and he always talked about like your input equals your output. output yeah. So it's the same thing. So for you guys, you don't have to just start a radio show tomorrow yeah but if you start speaking and recording yourself start every day somewhere. that's putting that's putting something into what your dream is and little by little you'll get more confident you can't always use the example of like weight loss everybody want to lose 100 pounds tomorrow Darn. but if you if you lose <laughs> one pound a week consistently right. you'll get to your goal yeah. so for that person that's paralyzed by fear yeah. or they they're not like they don't have that thing that you have that makes you just run after your dreams no matter what yeah. just start putting a little bit into it every single day yeah. and allowing that to build your confidence up to get to that level that point of being fearless mm -hmm. and then also and also like you also understand with being successful like you you can't be afraid to do anything mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying you literally have to be willing to do whatever like you know i'm gonna try this i'm gonna try that I'm gonna try this. I think that's one thing that's also been my uh been one of the things that has helped me, even if I've tried something and it didn't work and it made me like have to take three steps back. And I think mm -hmm. that's where people get afraid because yeah. they don't want to get to a point where it's like failure I, is like the biggest fear yeah. of a lot of people, especially our age. Yeah, but I mean it helps you maneuver though. Mm -hmm. Like I failed because of this. And now I can kind of like you know, maneuver differently to get me to where I need to go. And I think that's that's one thing that people should take is just don't be don't be afraid. Like, Let's talk about some of those failures. Then what are some areas that you feel like you failed at? And remember, I know you. So I did. No, I no, no. Check. I would never. I would never lie. <laughs> don't, I would don't never try lie. play. No, I mean, at, at this point in my life, I think transparency is key. Yeah. You know, because sure. people people feel that. People, mm -hmm. people want to know that I've always been the type of person like to look at people and try to figure out like, how did they get there? You yeah, know what I'm saying? And it leaves cues, uh, clues for sure. Yeah. But it always sucks to me when I like think that people are like one way or they got to this one way. And then I talk to them like, no, I actually did it. I'm like, wow, why didn't you just like say that? Yeah. So I pride myself in being the person that's just like, yo, if I failed, then I failed. If I did good, then I did good. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not going to be, you know, whatever, but said that to say that I love you and I'm not going to lie on your show. <laughs> so, uh, Thanks. Um, wow. I mean, I've had a lot of failures, man. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Wow. Where do I start? I mean, we can just start with just like TV shows. Um, oh, I, yeah. Let's start with those. We can start with TV shows. I mean, I did American Idol in 2010. Mm -hmm. I didn't even make it past mm -hmm. like the first round where you like audition in front of like the little people. Like I didn't even make it past that. Mm -hmm. Like, wow. Like and really feeling like, man, I drove all the way from. You went to like Jersey. Or I went something. to New Jersey. Yeah. Went to New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Like on, I think on a bus or we drove there yeah, or something drove. like. Yeah, drove like. And we drove all the way from New Jersey, spent the night in a hotel, thinking like, oh, we I'm like the bee's knees, cause I'm like, you know, <laughs> I'm from DC and I'm I can sing real good. And I'm going up to this place thinking that, oh yeah, we got to win American Idol. Like <laughs> and 
I got cut the first round. Like, not even, didn't make it nowhere. Close to being on TV. Man, nowhere near close (laughs) to being on TV. So crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, Then, uh, 2012, I did X Factor. Um, No, not 2012. 2011, it was. I did X Factor audition. Me and my mom, we drove all the way from uh, D.C. to North Carolina to audition for that. Made it past the first round. Second round, sent me home again. Like, you know what I'm saying? These are rounds that... Don't even make the TV. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so much stuff that you have to go in before you even get, look in front of a TV, uh, um, a TV camera or whatever. So, then you fail with that. Like, and then you start, now you're starting to think like, man, like, maybe I'm not as good as I think I am. Like, mm-hmm. you know, dang. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, especially when you think you really got something and you have people telling you you got something and it's just like, it's just not working out in your favor. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So like, maybe I don't know. Like, what's what's really going on? Um, Then I did, um, what was that? 2015 it was. I did. Uh, 2015? That was 2015. Wow. It was a while ago. Yeah. Um, 2015, I did The Voice. Mm-hmm. I got past all the rounds you don't see on TV to make it to the, mm-hmm. the quote unquote blind auditions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they hit me with the like, okay, we're going to fly you out for the month and prepare you for the blind auditions. You know, pack my clothes. I packed. This is before my, moving to LA. This is before everything. I even moved to LA. You know, packed two suitcases worth of clothes. And, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm about to be out of LA for a month. This is like my, you know, we out here now. <laughs> you know? And then literally I got there on a Sunday. Um, and then on Monday evening, they called me into the office. It was like, yeah, we got to send you home. Like, what do you mean? Like, I just packed my suitcase for like, a whole month and you got to send me home for what? I haven't even sang anything. I've ate three meals. <laughs> and you're going to tell me that you sent me home. I didn't even get home. out my first suitcase yet. Yeah, I ain't <laughs> Man, I got all these outfits like, oh, I'm a killer. Oh, yeah, I'm going to kill, gonna kill them out here. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it didn't even like, it didn't even yeah. go anywhere. Like, mm-hmm. you feel me? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I mean, I remember, I remember I didn't feel anything. Like when they told me, I was like, all right, bet, you know. I remember that phone call though. Yeah, you nobody, nobody me. could believe it. Nobody could believe it. Oh, I, man, and um, broke. I remember, I remember packing my clothes and the word had got out about me leaving. My, the, the line from my hotel room was like literally down the hallway of people just coming to see me. Like mm-hmm. to say goodbye because they couldn't believe it. Yeah, you know, like wow, you got sent home, and it wasn't because of no vocal ability or anything like that, just political, whatever. Like you know, you got mm-hmm. sent home, and I remember, like I said, I didn't feel any type of way. I didn't cry. I wasn't like whatever. It wasn't until, and I still get, it, you know, what I'm saying, I still remember that feeling. Like I, rem- it wasn't until I got like on, I got off the plane, and I was on the Uber ride, and I got right in, in front of my building. On, on 61st like and I walked in my house and I literally like I just left here and like knew that I wasn't gonna come back here until like something crazy had happened yeah. and I'm like I'm sitting like a day later I'm sitting right back in the same place where I was at mm-hmm like that crushed me like that crushed me you know what I'm saying sorry for crying but that right. it, you know that hurt me yeah you know cause I mm-hmm. at that point I had put in so much work Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I put in so much work. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, yo, like literally every time that I get to a point, it's like I get a little bit further, I get a little bit further. And it's just like, nah, you ain't good enough. Yeah. You ain't good enough. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. so it's just like, at what point do I realize, like, man, maybe I'm not good enough? Yeah. You know? And one thing I love about your story and why I wanted to talk to you on the show is it's really a story of perseverance. Yeah. Because you're in an industry where it's constant rejection and it's really not based off talent, you know, especially with dealing with TV shows, it's based off of politics, whatever narrative they want to have for the show. Yeah. But you're in an industry where you constantly deal with rejection. Right. And a lot of people really can't handle it. And that's why a lot of people, especially people that are in L.A., Mm -hmm. deal with things like depression, especially people who've moved out there from wherever it is that they live. They deal with all of these things because it's just constant rejection in the entertainment industry. But what I appreciate about you is just how you always just pick yourself up. So I kind of want to go back to the first rejection. Let's go back to 2010 when you did American Idol the first time. Mm-hmm. What what did you do? What was that car car ride home like? And then how did you even get to the point where you were willing to put yourself out there again for X Factor? I mean, I think what well, a car ride home was very it was real somber. You know what I'm saying? It was just mm-hmm. like you know, dang, like you know what I'm saying. Um, but I think we just grow. We grow like my my voice has grown. My oh yeah, like, for sure. You know my I just I pride myself in just wanting to get better. Like it's not an, like music is so much a part of me. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that and, and 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 I would I would stop right there before I go any further. Like whatever it is that you do, make sure you love it. Mm-hmm. You know whatever it is because. When all else fails, that love for what you do is going to keep you going. I think a lot of people, when they fail or when they when things go wrong, when they decide to quit, it's kind of like a, a highlight to how much you really loved what you did. If you yeah. really love what you do, it's, you can't just take a no. Mm-hmm. You can't just take a you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. You can't just take a like, uh, well, you know, whatever. Like, you can't take that mm-hmm. because this is like music to me is like air. Like it's, I need that. Mm-hmm. I need that. I understand it so much. Like I'm, it's so, it just, it's a part of me just as much as my personality or my charisma or whatever. Like music is what that, it's that third, you know, card that I got to put on the table just so you know that like, oh yeah, he's, yes. So I loved it that much that that no didn't stop me from doing anything. It only made me try to figure out why. Right. You know what I'm saying? I want to know why. Mm-hmm. Even And even if they can't tell me why, for myself, I'm going to be vulnerable enough with myself to be like, yo, this is why they told you why. Because you can't do this. Because mm-hmm. you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and not doing that to beat myself up, but doing that to make my armor that much stronger to the mm-hmm. point where it's like, you can't, there's nothing you can't, you can tell me that I can't do. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, so um, that was just, I think, was my driving force to just get back up on that horse and then try it again because it was just like, I loved it that much. I couldn't accept that. No. And I was willing to do whatever it took to get better and to be on top of my game or whatever the sort may be to uh, just literally like make sure that nobody could tell me no. Like, mm-hmm. so that's just what that was, you know? And, I, and that's definitely a gem for everybody that's listening. You got to just be so undeniable in what it is that you do. And sometimes I know we like to think that we're the best or we're great or we're all of these things. Sometimes it takes those humbling experiences to let you know, like you're not as good as you think you are or you're not as 
or you're not the best. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's, it's as simple as that. Exactly. Like you were in a place where you were in these go-go's, you were the man, you had your radio show. Like everybody was, was, I was going to say sicing you. Yeah. <laughs> Sice, sicing that, me. That yeah. means hyping up. I, I try to stay away from like this slang on the show, but yeah. that means hyping him up y'all. Um, but you were at the point where people were pumping you up all the time yeah. and you go to this platform and you get humbled real quick. Yeah. And some people take that like, well, forget this. I'm about to just go back to what's comfortable. I'm about to just go back to mm-hmm. to where everybody is showing me so much love mm-hmm. being regular. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a thing right there, too, is we can't if we're in spaces where all we hear is great things about ourselves. We need to get out those spaces for sure, because that's just going to keep you stagnant or it's going to cause you to uh, go backwards. Because mm-hmm. if you were to stay in the go go, yeah. like your voice now and your voice back in the go go like back then I thought you could sing but I wasn't like if you was to put out some music I wasn't going to buy it like I would listen to it yeah. off the strength of us being friends but I wouldn't be like I listen to your music in the car on like a regular day yeah. I don't know stuff to like call you and tell you I'm doing it or to post about it but yeah. I genuinely like the songs they on my my um my iPhone Yeah. but back then I probably wouldn't have done that just because one the subject matter because I mean you was young and dumb so yeah, you weren't really talking about nothing fact. But um, but your voice now is just so much better. Yeah. But if you would have stayed in that environment of the Go-Go's and of this local mentality, yeah. then you would not be able to even maneuver in the environments that you are now. Exactly. So exactly. There's so much positive in those failures that I think a lot of people really just Miss. can't get there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and you got to understand that, like, even in two steps back, sometimes you're so focused in moving forward you ain't seeing the whole picture. Mm. But when you're forced to take two steps back, mm. sometimes you can kind of see, like, ah, like, you know what I'm saying? Imagine, let's, let's use the correlation to, like, a movie, right? The first time you watch a movie, you be like, oh, this was a great movie, right? As you grow older and your understanding grows mm. and you watch, you rewatch that movie, you see things that you didn't see the first time and then, and then you rewatch the movie again and then you see things that you didn't see the first or the second time and you keep watching and you keep watching and it's just like, man, I'm missing all these things. Sometimes you just, you have to grow mm-hmm. and, and, and in life, sometimes in order for you to grow, you got to take those two steps back mm-hmm. so you gain, you gain a better understanding of things. You feel what I'm saying? Right. So don't fear the two step back uh, you know, thing either. Like it's literally like that two steps back will give you a wider spectrum of just like what you did wrong and how you can make it better. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's just one thing that I, I pride myself. Like I tell you all the time, like I don't, I don't, I have no fear in being wrong. I have no fear in like mm-hmm. telling people, like yo, I was wrong. Like I should have listened to you. Like that just shows the strength in me and shows my wisdom enough to know that, like you know what, I was dumb enough to think one way at one point in my life, right. but now I'm smart enough to know that that way that I was thinking was dumb, and it was the reason why I'm in the predicament now, where I can come and tell you, like. I appreciate you for da 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 da, like, or I'm sorry for da 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 da. da. Like, it just those those two step back moments make you a better person. It makes you mm-hmm. a better businessman and or woman, and it, it, it makes you just you know just successful. It's it's literally ensuring your success at times, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm a big believer in ensuring your ex- in success. Like sometimes you gotta do the overwork because that overwork is gonna create that pillow yeah. for you. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. when all else fails, like you know what I put in. Work at the end of the day, so I know I'm gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So all of those type of things. So let's talk about we got through the failure, what you learned from it, and all of that. Mm-hmm. How did you get to the point where you made yourself vulnerable again? 
by doing another show because that's I mean that's even tough for me in just relationships in general with yeah. people yeah. is if you hurt me once okay cool I'll learn from it I'll take my steps back but to get to the point where I'm going to give you the opportunity to do it again that's, yeah. a little, that's a little bit more difficult because I remember I'm glad I'm out of it but I remember what that ride home felt like yeah. so how did you get yourself to the point where it's like I'm going to put myself on the line again <laughs> I honestly, I wasn't going to do it, mm-hmm. right? Um, when they came to me with the opportunity, well, that was that was a part of it. The first, first part, the first part of it was, it was an opportunity that landed on my lap. Right. I didn't go hunting for it. I didn't go, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't have to go out my way for that opportunity. It mm-hmm. just landed on my lap. Mm-hmm. And so in, in certain in certain things, like when things land in your lap, like you, you would be a fool not to like, you know, indulge in that. Like, why would I not? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Why would I not? Mm-hmm. So uh, I literally... Uh, my mom was the deciding factor to be completely honest with you my mom was literally the deciding factor of whether I should do that show or not cause when they had called me you know I was like how did they find you? Um, through just like you know video I was out LA when I went out LA I had LA popping for a second cause it was like whoa this kid came out of nowhere and he's just literally on the street like singing his heart out like you know so I'm having so mm-hmm. and in LA like you know how you wait go- wait I'm talking about X Factor oh, not American oh I thought she's talking about C Look, no no I'm second rushing through time. it mm-hmm. um the second time I was just like you know what why not mm-hmm. that X Factor was literally like a why not okay you know what I'm saying? Like, I love why not? Like, mm-hmm. literally, I'm not doing anything else. You know what I'm saying? Why not do it? So I did it. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And it just didn't turn out how I thought it was going to turn out. But that's okay. Like, you know, did you saying? feel the same way after X Factor that you did the first time? Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was, it was for, it was for less of a moment though the American Idol was like a moment like yeah. I had a moment like man like what am I doing like mm-hmm. X Factor was more of like a man I'm just disappointed right. that this came out the same way that it always came out mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying but learning from American Idol like you still grew you still you've grown Right. So now once you get to a groove of like growing and knowing that you're going to continue to grow, mm-hmm. you know, you, that's just a, a hurdle. It was just a hurdle. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't trip. Like X Factor literally was just like, a, let's, let's just do it. So instead of looking at it like I'm giving you another opportunity to like put me back in that place where we was having that ride home, you looked at it as like, Man, this, I've been there before. So yeah. let's go. What's the worst thing that can happen? Right. They're going to tell me no. Right. <laughs> like been I've, been, I've been there, done that. Like, <laughs> right. you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, and I think that's the beauty also in failures too. It's just like when you fail, it kind of like helps you. Like, cause you just like, man, I'm not scared. Like I failed before. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. like, so I'm What not, I'm going to do, end up back yeah, home? Right. I just I'm, left there. Yeah, I'm cool. Just, I'm not tripping. Like, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. That, that, fail, that, that failure gives you confidence right, almost, right. you know? And that's the, I, I think that's my biggest thing. My failure has literally been, because it, it gives me things to not, like to know how not to do. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I know how not to move. So yeah, it literally was just like, you know, why not? <laughs> like I feel you. So so let's talk about the period of time where you decided that you was out the go go. You had done these shows, but you were still in the mindset of I still need to make it. It wasn't like yeah. at any point you gave up on music. Right. So there was one time frame where you realized like okay, it's time for me to build a team. Yeah. And so this was a very interesting time. That was very interesting. <laughs> 
but building a team is important for anybody because you're never going to get anywhere by yourself. Right. So you have to have a team, whether it's an official team that you hire mm -hmm. or it's an unofficial team of people who believe in your dreams. Right. But building a team is imperative for anybody that's trying to accomplish something. Right. And so you got to that point where you realized that and it was time to build a team. So kind of walk us through how you got to that point and how you went about picking a team. Man, I just I just realized that, man, you can't do it anything all by yourself mm -hmm. you know you need people that can kind of propel you know your dream into the way that you needed to go i also learned that it's not good to talk for yourself all the time yeah you know what I'm saying, especially that, in your industry yeah for sure you definitely need to have somebody that can talk to you and just not even on the, in, even in the strength of being professional but sometimes deals can go wrong you know what right. i'm saying and you don't need when things go wrong you don't you are the last person Especially because you're the one that's being represented. You're the last person that people need to look at in a direct manner. Like, I don't want to do business with him. Mm -hmm. You could be mad at, you know, my PR. You could be mad at my manager. You could be mad like, like I don't want to deal with, you know, that person. But mm -hmm. you'll always come to me like, yo, look, da 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 yeah. In the relationship. It's like a be, layer of protection. Yeah, it's a layer of protection. Mm -hmm. Like, you can, I can still save that. I can mm -hmm. kind of reach. I can. It gives me an extra like, hey, well, let, hold on. Come talk to me real quick. Let's talk it out. And even if I tell them the same thing that my manager or my whatever told them, it'll be more received because it came from me. I know how to like you know, make it more genuine, like things like that. So you can save that business relationship yeah. with having that extra layer of people that you have to go through. Also, it's just it's less less headache. You don't have people reaching out to you, you, you know, trying to get you to you know, well, it's me, bro. Like, no, right. it, no, this is a business. Like, mm -hmm. it's I I can't like go. Please talk to my manager. Like, mm -hmm. they're gonna say. What it is and you know it that's gonna be that. Mm -hmm. So it's so many things that come with having a team that's very, very important to have, you know. And I had just got to a point where I realized that. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to put people in charge to do different things. And, and also you had to set yourself up for where you're going. That exactly, exactly, exactly. Like, what do I look like walking in a boardroom of like executives with just me? <laughs> right. I think I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. so you don't were you any representation of you? Like mm -hmm. you just literally just gonna sit here and just talk to us. And right. then also that makes you very vulnerable and like green to like these corporations and business people that are looking at you, especially in my industry. Cause it's mm -hmm. just like, okay, cool, he doesn't have anybody. We right. could we can come we can in and take, take advantage, advantage of, of it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like he's out here talking for himself. He clearly does. Even if the most even if you're the most musically educated person in the world, like these executives will find a way like you know what I'm saying so you have to have people in your corner that like literally can sit him like hey you're not gonna take advantage of him mm -hmm. okay and that's just not what's going to happen. So I just realized that, you know, and so I was like, it's time for me to put a team together of people who literally believe that I have the, you know, I have what it takes to make it to the next level mm -hmm. and people who have expertise in different areas that can push my narrative. Like, and that was just my thing. That's why I did it. Mm -hmm. So how did you go about deciding what like who belonged in this team? Like picking, okay, these are the positions I need filled. Well, I'm and a, these are the people I want to put in it. I'm a neighborhood type of guy. And I mean that in the sense of like, you know, when you grow up in a neighborhood, when you grow up with like your friends, those are end up being like your lifelong friends. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Life kind of separates you in different ways. But those are like, you know, these are my core friends. So mm -hmm. I take that mentality, you know, with well at the time, not anymore. But at the time, I take that mentality with business. You know what I'm saying? It's just like I find my core group of people who I feel like, you know what? 
Like, yeah, I seen you do your thing over there and we cool. I seen you do all your thing over there and we cool. And I so, think that's where you went wrong. Yeah, too. and that's exactly where I yeah. went wrong. I'm not sure if you want to talk about that right now but or jump back into it. But either way, but that's mm-hmm. where that went wrong because mm-hmm. I just reached out to people that I knew that right. I was cool with, mm-hmm. that, you know what I'm saying, that that banged with me and that, you know, and where I, I wanted to go in my direction. And right. I was just, I put them all together in a room and was like, all right, let's do it. But mm-hmm. You, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was interesting. It, it was it was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I learned a lesson with that. Like you know, personal and business never goes together. Mm-hmm. Friends and business never goes together yeah. unless your friend is literally has y'all have the same mind or on the same page. But even in that regard, sometimes it's just cool to have friends be your friend. Be your friend. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Your dream is not your friend's dream. Hello. Your, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like they don't see the same thing that you see, so they're not going to put in as much work. As you and then sometimes your friends would be the same one that hold you back like, like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying come on like I just need you like so I also I learned that in that situation I learned like let your friends be your friends like, right you know what I'm saying and help them let them help you when they can Mm-hmm. But other than that, like you need to find some people that who are business minded, right? You know that, like, yeah, well, y'all can be cool and y'all can create a bond, but the our main priority of being together is business, right? So, um, yeah. So with that team, like I had just like you know I had my guy Amir, um, who I had worked with. He has a smart smart business mind, um, just as far as like you know being able to like articulate things, understanding like different business terms. He went to school for business management. So it's just like okay, cool. Like and he was like this clean cut white guy, you know. What I'm saying <laughs> he had a best friend named Omar, um, marketing, you know, as far as numbers and everything like that. Uh, guru, as far as like Wall Street and things of that sort. So uh, I was like, you know, why not? You know, this, this another white guy, like you know, like, that can you know. But you, 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 white does not mean it doesn't though. mean anything. But it's just like you know, for me coming from my neighborhood and coming from where you mm-hmm. know where I come from, I understand that diversity means a lot because yeah, diversity it, of thought yeah diversity mm-hmm. of thought means a lot you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. um and it definitely um definitely having them on my team you know helped me view things in a different way you yeah. know there were certain things that i thought were cool that was just like yo that's not cool you shouldn't act like that like yeah. you know it's not gonna like it's not gonna uh it's not gonna come across well to my type of people you know this is coming from them right. you know what i'm saying like right. so they gave me like a different way of looking at things and that's where i was kind of like you know emphasizing their race you know saying just giving me a, a, a different way of thinking it. of things um then i had a guy's name was uh josh cavernous um really good guy as far as just like knowing how to go out and like network with people and rub elbows with people he was an easy guy to talk to you know what i'm saying and you need to uh, those type of people that can kind of like grease the wheel for you right you know like sit down with people at lunch and you know you know, he was just a smooth talking, just like, mm-hmm. you know, he he really was good with uh, greasing the wheel. Um, so and that was cool. And then through him, I met another uh, another young lady by uh, by Sierra. She was known as the Hustle Bunny. And she was touching different like little areas in the city as far as like entertainment was involved. She was involved in a lot of like different shows, you know, like that have like up and coming artists on them. So, OK, cool. Like that's good for, you know, me. I'm an up and coming artist that's local in the local scene. She has the plug into different different you know shows and everything like that why not 
you know, have somebody like that on your team. And then it comes into like the final two pieces. Um, you, you know, of course, and you do what you do. And we're not even, and my next guest needs no introduction. <laughs> so, um, you know, just, you know, dealing with that. And then my, uh, then my other best friend, Embry, you know, also mm-hmm. is really good at marketing, really good at like giving different points of views. I always viewed, uh, Embry as a idea man. Like yeah. he, he's really good with just coming up with abstract ideas. Like, yeah, that's cool the way you want to do that. But let's think of like three different ways of how you could do the same thing and come up with the same result you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. so I always valued his opinion and he always like, and with him being my right hand man I knew he would never steer me in, in the wrong direction you know and as well as you so I feel like you two were like the critical point of that group you know what I'm yeah. saying and I think like a lot of times when you refer to the decisions that you make you always refer to like the why not so I think there's a time and place for the why not versus the why. Right. And I feel like when it comes to opportunities, uh, f- the why not was good. You right. know, as exactly. far as pumping yourself up to be able to just go after them and get over whatever internal roadblocks may have been going on. Exactly. But when it came to building a team, the why should have been the driving factor. Exactly. So not just... You know, I know this person. This is what they do. Why not? But really thinking like, why? Why do I need this person? What right. am I trying to accomplish? And right. I think the mistake that was made um, in this and building up the team was everybody wasn't thinking at the same level. Exactly. And you, first of all, people have you have to understand who you are as a leader and other people. When you build a team around you, you have to build a team to where people complement your weaknesses. And mm-hmm. I feel like that was there to a certain extent, mm-hmm. but also to where uh, people know how to communicate with you as a leader. Exactly. So I think that build the building a team thing was premature because that was something that you hadn't thought about. You right. know, why would you have before then? Right. So that's understandable. But right. for you guys that's listening and you considering building a team, you really have to assess who you are as a leader. Exactly. So Will is an emotional guy. Like he's an R&B singer. They're all emotional. Okay. Right? All right. So- <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, you're an emotional guy. So you have to be able to build a team where they understand your emotions. Right. And you're also somebody who's not going to relinquish total control. Right. Like you're going, you're like, this is my dream. This is my vision. I'm going to let y'all do y'all job, but you can't just tell me what I'm going to do. do. But you have to have people to understand that. So when building a team is definitely important to just have that understanding on that assessment of who you are as a leader and then building people up around that. Right. And then also um, the, level of thinking mm-hmm. I think there wasn't really a game plan set of this is what I'm what I'm trying to this is the type of artist I am mm-hmm. people especially from where you're from mm-hmm. and um, people in this area in general it's like a limited thinking right. I mean even for like the business side of DC it's always a what do you do like I hate that question don't yeah. ask me what I do it's just annoying right it's just a, a, a cap of um it's just a mental cap, I feel like, with a lot of people here. But and and what happens is, especially you being an artist, people will try to put you in a box. Yeah. So they'll probably they'll have you do every single show in D.C. But what does that mean to the person that's on the other side of the world? Nothing. Like if you want to really be somebody, you need to have um, that teenager in Arkansas that's at their mama house talking about William Casanova. Exactly. But you didn't have people with that level of thinking. Well, mm-hmm. you didn't have a, a group of people under the consensus of that level. The- of thinking, thinking right and so when you come to the table like 
I don't I remember like when you had the opportunity to either do the four or American Idol. Right. We talked about it and it was like you don't want to just be the next black guy. Like yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, next yeah, yeah, yeah. Trey Songs or right. whatever. Exactly. You want it to be the next Sam Smith. But exactly, Dale, like those exactly. Ed Sheeran, like that level. Exactly. But everybody didn't share that mentality. So I think that's just a lesson too for everybody who's building businesses and looking to build a team is to understand who you are as a leader, understand what that means for who you need to be working with. For sure. And then once you build that team, make sure that everybody understands the vision and and it's bought into the same vision. Yeah, being on the same page is so key. Yeah. It's so key because, you know, I think with a lot of people when they when uh when coming into the team, a lot of people had their own vision right. with where they wanted me to be. Right. Which didn't line up with where I wanted it to be. And which mm-hmm. I think it caused consistent friction because it was just like, you know, they wanted me to be something that I wasn't, mm-hmm. you know. So so like you said, just like being on the same page will make things so much more productive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like literally, mm-hmm. like you just got to make sure that people that work for you or people that you work with, like make sure that everybody's on the same page. And I think that's mm-hmm. the biggest part of, of the team, you know, same page. Like, please, let's just think the same. Let's have the same goal. Let's have the same motivating, you know, forces that are pushing us. Like, let's be on that same page. So right. that's, that's, that was my biggest takeaway with, with teams with that mm-hmm. was just like, I need, people that are going to understand my vision and don't don't want to push their own narrative on what I got going on you know right so I wanted to transition a little bit and kind of talk about environments because we were talking about this before we started recording and I was saying that because of course you're from DC right but you went to high school in um well, we went to high school together in PG County right so that's where we met right but you were from DC, DC still. So yeah. you had like the balance of growing up in the hood, yeah. but maneuvering through the suburbs. Yeah, exactly. And so that created like a really good balance mm-hmm. of you being able to do the things you like, you being able to go on American Idol and, yeah. and deal, show this side. And like, show this side. Yeah. This, this, unfortunately, I have to say this, but this non threatening black guy side. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. Just showing this side where for sure. people uh, from all walks of life can fall in love with you that yeah. you might not have been able to develop that level of career or dealing with diverse amount diverse groups of people if you would have just only been in dc right totally right and so um i kind of wanted to talk about you being able to maneuver those spaces because i think people a lot of times deal with the conflict of the environment they are right now yeah and where they want to be. Yeah. And sometimes the environment that they're in in that moment kind of pulls them back mm-hmm. a little bit. So that kind of showed itself with you with the accident that you got into. What year was that? 2016. <laughs> you remember. Yeah. 2016. Snowstorm. January 2016. Yeah. It was a snowstorm. Yeah. So that kind of showed itself with you. Yeah. Because you was just <laughs> hanging out with the people that you hang out with. Yeah. And got yourself in a little uh, pickle. Yeah. We could just say that where you ended up really messing up your leg. Yeah. And that could have, if, you know, thank God that you were able to heal and you're able to to walk and all of these other things. But that could have really killed everything that you were working towards just because you weren't paying attention or keeping the main thing, the main thing. At that time, you was just messing around. So kind of take us through that situation and how you feel about it. Uh, now, uh, are we talking about the different environments? Or are we talking about as far as my leg? Both. Okay. Well, um, 
Yeah, so I'm. I think the, I think the most confusing part. People are so confused about me because I, I literally. Uh, yeah, I just I I come from two different, totally different environments. Right. Uh, for the people that know me, you know, from living in Clinton, they don't know, you know. About my D.C. side um, From everybody that know me from the D.C. side They don't know about my Clinton side But literally both sides show Like if you know me yeah. Like you can see those like Okay oh this is This is his growing up in Clinton side Right now from the way I talk My charisma The way I'm able to go into different rooms And mingle with whoever Regardless of race or religion or whatever I can connect to whoever And that's what me What my mom My mom didn't want me to go to D.C. schools Which was Which kind of like Kept me in Maryland at that time because my mother was like, you're not going to Wilson, you ain't going to Hines, you ain't, you know, you ain't going to none of these D.C. schools because my mom grew up in D.C. She from Riggs Park, you mm-hmm. feel what I'm saying? So she just didn't want that for me. You know, all my family, like, at this, was in D.C. So imagine this kid that's from D.C. moving to Maryland, you know, away from everything that he knows, my right. grandma, godfather, aunt, aunt, you know what I'm saying, cousins, everything is in D.C. And I'm... And Merlin, and not even like the good part, like Landover, Capitol Heights, like the good part of Merlin. I'm old. In the well, what's bu- you mean the good part? Man, look, man, it's just it's it's the not you know part. you know how we grew up. You know, what I'm saying on that side of Merlin, ain't no buses over there. Yeah, it's like it's thirty minutes to a train station. Like yeah. you can't even get around. So it's like you almost you know it's almost like it's a it's a culture shock from like real life, especially coming from where I come from. And, and I think yeah. that's what I really mean, like coming from the city and just having yeah. everything just. Like that When you can go Everywhere like And then you move Somewhere where you Literally have can't to drive do Can't do anything Without <laughs> yeah. having a car Almost So right. it's just like From coming from that To that Like it's like Man I don't want to Be down here Like why do I Why am I living down here Like mm-hmm. I don't want to Live down here I hate it. And even to this day I tell you I, I like Living in Clinton Like living in Clinton And going to Gwent Park And going to Gwent Park Middle Clinton Grove, Those were like The worst years of my life <laughs> They really were I just didn't want To be out there I wanted mm-hmm. to be you know where everything was. You know what I'm saying. I didn't. I hated out there. So when I spent that time with my father, you know what I'm saying, in the city, when I, you know, on the weekends and whenever I was in in school, I loved. I was. I was so grateful. I was, you know what I'm saying. And those were my real friends. Was at. That's where I was really like. You know, I was in this to this day. I don't think there's anybody. You know, from that side on the Maryland side that really knows me knows me like they Mm -hmm. only know me because we went to school together we grew up Mm -hmm. together you know I hung with you you know but they don't know the in the me and me me and you you know of course like because I you know us being best friends I let you into that Mm -hmm. but there's not a lot of people that can say oh I hung out with Will like to a certain extent or whatever like that so um but I appreciate the differences between the way I grew up I appreciate me growing up in Merlin because it it made me realize that life was was bigger than you know what I had seen. I was exposed to like actual books. I was exposed <laughs> actual <laughs> books. Like no, I was like you know because you have Sports Illustrated, you got you know okay. all the stupid stuff that we read. Like but then you actually have like book books, you know. So I was exposed yeah. to books. I was I, I was taught how to you know speak. I was taught how to read. Like I was taught how to like you know what I'm saying. Like I learned these things how to talk in complete sentences. I was exposed to like drama club, like you know, exposed mm-hmm. to like choir and band and being in a school where they actually have a piano room where you can go inside and yeah. play. Like the, you know, there was so many different things that growing up in Merlin 
you know what I'm saying, was cool. You know what I'm saying? I didn't appreciate it because it was just like, then, I yeah. want to live in D.C. I don't want to live like I, I want to be where I'm from, like where right. I'm really from. Mm-hmm. But it, spending that time out there, it, I think it made me a, a well-rounded person and is, is one of the reasons why I'm so successful how I am because it's just like I'm able to realize in certain situations I need to act like this. In certain situations, I need to talk like this. In certain situations, I need to be able to have a mind where I can kind of like go outside of myself and understand how somebody else feels regardless mm-hmm. of my personal feeling about it. Like, mm-hmm. so that, that upbringing literally, I wouldn't have met you if I hadn't left down there. And right. like, literally I can, I can proudly say with like, I, I, without an ounce of pride, you are literally one of the best things that has happened to me as a person. Aww. Like, and I'm serious because you have them thug tears, <laughs> but you have those people that are in like, that are placed in your life yeah. that literally like, are not just like, you know, statues or just like people that you hang with. Like, you know, me and you don't even hang that much. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? But just like we spent so much time growing up and, you know, we spent so much time just like literally like we're on a, like a chase. We're on a dream chase right now. And it's just mm-hmm. like to have that person that you can kind of like talk to on a different level. I got my friends I can go hang to the club with. I got my friends I can go do, you know, all the stupid stuff for it. But how many friends do I have that I can sit down and be like, okay, this is my business plan. And they tell me, okay, well, this is where your business plan is flawed, right? Mm-hmm. One, this is where it's flawed too. All right. This is the idea. I, have, you know? well, I don't just point out. All right, flaws, but no, okay. but I'm saying though, but to have somebody <laughs> yeah. that at least have that understanding that just like, you know, I'm going to help you become better on a different level of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, and I thank God every day that I have friends like you and Embry mm-hmm. that like we're past being like good friends. Like we literally are just like on a path just of greatness. Family, yeah. like family like and, and, and people mm-hmm. that you literally can like go to like because like right now our careers are our life. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that's our life. Mm-hmm. So to have friends not only that you can hang in whatever or talk to about personal things but you can like literally like this is the path that I'm on right now and my friends, like my core friends, are helping me on my path, and I and vice versa. Like, mm-hmm. so I, I I thank God for that moment. And if I hadn't came up out there in those sticks, I would have never met you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and it's just, so there's certain things that came out great of that situation. But also, I pre I appreciate my DC upbringing too, yeah. because you know I got that street smart. Mm-hmm. I understand people on a different level because of just like growing up in DC. You got to understand, like it's a little different. You know, what I'm saying life is moving for you fast this you know and um i mean this this there's kids out there that's literally living grown man lives at the at the age of 12 yeah they have to make grown grown-up decisions at the age of 11 12 because their parents is strung out or they just don't care like right. you feel what i'm saying like there's people really out there in them streets doing what they got to do because that's the way that they living mm-hmm. so it's like me seeing that and understanding like yo I ain't coming up how they coming up. Mm-hmm. And I ain't have to go through that. So me going, coming up in D.C. also gave me a different understanding of just like, yo, like, okay, like this is, these, these are my friends and I love my friends, but this is where I'm different. I have this story that I always tell um, about one of my friends that died. His name was Rat. Mm-hmm. He died uh, back in uh, 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is when, so like I said, growing up in Clinton, you know, and then I was in D.C. over in 58th you know, with my father, you know, saying whenever I wasn't in Clinton or whatever. So, uh, I had moved around there permanently. Like, cause me and my mom was going, this is right, right after I graduated, me and my mom was going through whatever we was going through at the time. And I was just like, man, I don't even, you know what I'm saying? I don't got to stay here now. I have no reason to stay here. I can really go back to DC and be in DC for the rest of my life. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have to even, 
be out Merlin no more. And I was so when I could, I was out. Mm-hmm. So back living with my father, you know what I'm saying? Like one of one of my first, like my first real, real friends around 58th was Rat. Mm-hmm. Me and Rat and we had we and Rat had connected just on the go-go level because he was like the man in go-go. I was the man in go-go. So it was just like me and him was always like, you know what I'm saying? And then we had came from the same neighborhood too. So it was even more lit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I was like that rat was like my man. That was mm-hmm. that was my man. I always admired Rat because even though and he grew he grew, like he when I, I grew up in 58, but he grew up, grew up in 58. Yeah. It wasn't like wasn't during the week he didn't go back to yeah. like no suburb and like like he was there mm-hmm. you feel what I'm saying so he was there so me and him grew up a little different but even with him being full time like full fledged born raised 58th mm-hmm. like he had a mind that was like literally like yo I don't want to be out here mm-hmm. you know so he he was in college he was going to I think he was going to some college in West Virginia I'm not too sure what the name of his college was but whatever he was in college mm-hmm. that's big mm-hmm. especially coming from our neighborhood coming from 58th like have somebody to like, and then he was like a staple, like, you know what I'm saying? Like a hood staple, like everybody knew rat, like, you know what I'm saying? So to have somebody like that, that's so engulfed in like that hood, you know, mentality, hood life that everybody know, like step outside itself and go to college. Like that was big, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So he, uh, um, he had came home. I think this was the summer of uh, 2010. He had came home from school and, uh, you know, um, I was talking to him about, you know, just like being in D.C. and, um, you know, like being in D.C. full time now. And like I took him in my father's house and we was just sitting down talking. And um, I, my, while he was there, my mom had called and me and my mom were having a conversation about, you know, my mom was missing me. She wanted me to come back out mm-hmm. and live with her and Clinton. She ain't want me to, you know, what I'm saying be in D.C. because she was like, you, you know, mom's work. She was scared. She yeah. was scared. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? She was just like, you don't need to be out there. Da, 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 da. I know you out there just doing whatever you want to do. Like, and, you know, my father did let me do whatever it was that I wanted to do. And she knew that. And mm-hmm. she just did. And that was the reason why she kept me in Merlin schools. Cause mm-hmm. she knew if I was like in DC schools, I was going to be with my father and he was going to let my father was going to let me be a man. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, but my mom, she, she wasn't going for that. Mm-hmm. So she's just like, yo, come back to Maryland. I'm like, Ma, I hear you, but I need to be a man. And I always tell people like DC made me a man. Like Merlin gave me like all the things that I needed as far as like the education and my understanding and my mental capacity. But DC made me a man. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So I was just like, nah, man, I was, I was on man time. I wasn't even on that no more. I got what I needed. Mm-hmm. So, uh, when I had got off the phone with her, you know, me and Rat was, you know, we were talking and, um, he was just like, yo, bro, yo, you should go back out with Merlin. I'm looking at him. I'm like, what? Like, and you know, if you're from DC, like you view Maryland how you view Maryland, and it's not like <laughs> whatever. It's not the most becoming view. Whatever. But you know, what I'm saying. So I'm looking at him. I'm like, bro, what is you talking about? He was like, bro, you should go back out Merlin, young. He's like, if I and, and and I always remember. He was like, man, if I had the chance, bro, I wouldn't live around here. <laughs> he said I mean It's always interesting Yeah He was like I mean and He stuff. he probably would've never Had that conversation With anybody else But just right. because it was me And you know mm-hmm. He could talk to me About you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. He was like bro I wouldn't live around here He was like bro If I had man The first opportunity That I would have To move out Merlin I would go 
If I had it, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And this is like, you know, he's like, you know, I'm not sure. I don't want to say orphan child, but he was like adopted. You know what I'm saying? He had, yeah. he just been through things. He ain't really, stuff. he didn't have a lot. You know what I'm saying? He had just been through things. You feel what I'm saying? So it was just like for him, but for him to say something like that, I'm looking at him crazy. I'm like, wow, bro, like we from where we from. Like, why is you like, why would you want to do that? But just highlighting the fact of just like, yo, it's like. You don't have to you you don't have to be from you know a hood or whatever like that to like understand like yeah the hood is cool but I want I want more you know what I'm saying so that right. really that really opened my eyes and just made me want more you know what I'm saying because if this if he is who he is you know what I'm saying and like really was certified around there and it's saying like yo I don't I wanna you know what I'm saying I I wanna be more I wanna I wanna go to school that's why he went to college and literally a month after we had that conversation. He got shot right around the corner from our, our neighborhood at the park. Wow. And died. Wow. A person that wanted to do something with his life, a person that wanted to be more, a person that like literally did like, you know, he was cool with everybody and he he was around the way, but he ain't even, you know what I'm saying? He didn't want that. That wasn't his end all tell all. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And he died. So I look at things like that, like But you wanna know what's amazing how uh how God works though? Is that one conversation? You know, it's it's so unfortunate that he lost his life so young. Right. But that one com- conversation sparked something in you that may not have been sparked. Right. So granted, he may not be around, but everything that you've done since then and that you will continue to do right. is as a result of that conversation. Right. So I, and it's just so amazing how God works. You were born into this environment, but then took you out to expose you to something better. Exactly. And you decide, I want to go back, but then he's going to put somebody who's where you want to be to let you know that this ain't where you want to be and now you've been able to do so much since then but I just think that story is just a testament really to how amazing God is and how he will really meet you exactly where you are to tell you what it is that you need to know to get you to that next level so so then going back to the accident then so you're in this environment you're still influenced Mm -hmm. um, in a not so positive way Mm -hmm. Like, tell us about the whole story of the accident and how I called you stupid probably every day. Yeah, I mean, it was stupid. I mean, you just, I'm in a situation where, you know, it's a snowstorm. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? We chilling. You got the drinks flowing. We on Instagram. We see people doing these snow challenges. We take it to the next level. Like, yo, hey, you know what we should do? We should jump out the window into the snow. You know what I'm saying? We thought that we thought that was gonna be cool. And it was like the where we was jumping from wasn't high. Like it wasn't you know what's so funny is I was on Snapchat because I was snowed in. I was by myself, so I'm like on the internet or whatever. Yeah. So I'm on Snapchat and I see you, you first I see somebody else hop out the window. Then I see you get in the windowsill. I'm like, this nigga's not about to hop out this window. (laughs) Then I click to the next snap. (laughs) You hopped out the window. I said this dude hopped out the window. to the next lap, next snap. You I'm on the I, ground. I, I, you ain't moving. Yeah. You in the snow. Yeah. I was like, this nigga really hopped out the window. Nah, for real. And I called you like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Do you know gravity? Like you too heavy to be hopping out of windows. You it wasn't. Even, it wasn't even that. I first off, I shouldn't even been. Did, I shouldn't even cold. did it. I shouldn't even did it because I wasn't smart enough to know that when you're jumping from high distances, you need to brace yourself for the impact. So like bending your knees or landing on your side is very, very, very important to your landing, which I didn't know because I'm just not an all around, just all athletic person that does these physical activities. Like this is 
not me. But so jumping out of a window that's not that high, but landing at a fast impact, trying to stand up straight, like you want to walk away from it, like it's just not going to be your move. So, um, but coming from that, just learning, like, man, every action that you have in, like, yo, you're going to pay for it in some type of way. So you have to make the smartest decisions. That was literally like one of the dumbest, smartest decisions I ever made though. Um, And this is also another testament to like failure though, because I was, I was in a situation where I was like, okay, I just broke my leg or something. I'll be back in like two months. Like, no, you didn't just break your leg, sir. You shattered your tibia. You fractured your kneecap. We're going to need to go in and put metal inside of your plate where, and you're probably going to have to walk weird for the rest of your life. And also you're going to have a six month recovery on top of all of that and be in pain. I was so mad at you. Like, you know what I'm saying? And off of a simple, just like, you know, hey, I'm just about to jump off of a, a jump out a window and turn up and have fun. Like, nah. And then that's what happens also when you don't keep your goal in mind. Mm-hmm. When you don't keep like your why in, why, in mind. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You always got to keep your why in front of you. You always got to keep your goals in front of you. You always got to keep in like, this is the direction I'm headed towards. So this is what I need to be doing in front of you. When those things start to get away from you, that's when you start making stupid decisions like jumping out of a window and you end up for like backed up for six months like not being able to do anything i had to learn how to walk again i had to like you know like it's just so many things that i don't i'm not even about to get into that i had to go through on a daily day day-to-day process that literally like scarred me for life now you know what i'm saying like i like it's it was just bad you know what I'm saying? And especially in those moments when i was just by myself but it, it i i, I appreciate it for what it was because it, it made me to sit down and literally like it forced me to be alone with myself and really look at all all of my wrongdoings, all of my wrong decisions, all of my, you know what I'm saying? Just everything. I had to be total transparent with myself. Like the reason why I was in that bed, that hospital bed, and the reason why I was in that in there for six months wasn't because of nobody but myself. And yeah. it was all because of my wrong decision making. And at the end of the day, I think the worst position you want to put yourself in is being a wrong position and know that you put yourself there. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that from that from that point on, it it affected my decision making. And it affected my, you know, just the way I went about things. I think about things three times before I even do them, you know, and I still end up coming up short sometimes. <laughs> you know, even after thinking about it three times over, I, I wake up the next day and be like, dang, I forgot to think about it one more time. And I would have had, you know, this thought that would have been made the whole situation better, you know. But either way it goes, like, you got to learn how to, like, learn how to make smart decisions initially so you never have to go back and be like, man. I should have did that. Or man, I wish I hadn't did that. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's where I... even during that time, like that was the time where you was like, I'm about to leave my job and I'm about to do this music full time. I wasn't even working. I'm about to dedicate my life to my music. And then you go and hop out of a window. I think that's why I was so mad. Because we had this conversation and I kept telling you, don't leave your job. And then you was like, nah, Tatum, I got to leave. I'm like, all right, well, if you're going to leave, you know, I'll support you whatever you do. Let me know if you need something, whatever. Then you go hop out of a window. I'm like, dude, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, what is your problem? Not only are you already in the middle of a risky situation yeah. because you decided to leave your job. Now you want to think that you can defy gravity and hop out of freaking windows. Yeah. I was so livid. I was like, don't call me. I'm not bringing you no food. I'm not you ashy. I ain't bringing you nothing. You can't do nothing for yourself. <laughs> like, I was sick. Thank God I had a great friend like Embry Davis. Like- <laughs> 
that <laughs> decided to move in with me and take care of me. But um, no, but I, I I'm appreciative for that. I I tell everybody I don't I I would never. If somebody gave me the choice today and said you have two decisions. You can keep your life how it is, or you can go back to that time and live your life over. Mm-hmm. I would keep my life exactly how it is without that, yo, without that situation, yo. I I feel like I was on a, a fast track to nowhere, and just looking back at it, then I felt like I was somebody and I was doing something. But now, because of that situation, man, I was on a, I really was on a fast track of nowhere, and that was really God taking His time and like, yo, 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 you need to sit down for a second, and you need a reality check because you saying that you want to be all these things and da 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 da, but you clearly think life is a game. So I have to allow something to come yeah. into your life and and literally alter your life and the way that you do things and the way that you operate just on a normal basis for you to realize that life is not a game right you know mm-hmm. so i i don't man i yo that was just like i said that was the smartest dumb the dumbest smart decision that i ever made because it literally made me into the man that i am it made me wise it made me move different it like it was my i feel like everybody in life has the, their moment of wake-up calls mm-hmm. and you have to like you have to reach that point you have to reach to that point like that something makes you want to change you know what i'm saying you got to want to change for yourself for sure but there also has to be something that you can't deny Right. That like, yo, you got to change because if you don't like <laughs> you've already seen what can happen. Like and it like it could have went so many different ways. The doctor told me, yo, you had to land it just a little bit more to the right. We would have had to cut your leg off. Right. Like that that put chills down my spine. Like that wasn't even a play thing. That was like, yo, we're going to cut it off. Like we got we're going to have to cut it off because mm-hmm. it was nothing we could do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I would have did nerve damage. I would have like it would have been so much like I would have did like to my leg that would have been just like yo we gotta it's gotta go. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So I I I thank God for that moment. I thank God for that. I mean even in it, all of its stupidity, like mm-hmm. it was just literally a humbling moment for me where I literally just got my shit together. Yeah, and and it came at the right, right time, time too. For sure, it came at the that right time. That was around the time where. The team was kind of like falling apart. Yeah. That had been built. Um, yeah. You had left your job to pursue the music full time. But then it was it's still that unknown. Like mm-hmm. I'm in D.C. This is not a major music capital of the world. Yeah. So I'm I'm on a hamster wheel pretty much. Everybody around us has this idea of what I should be doing. But ain't nobody made it out of D.C. It's nobody. Like, Wale. That's exactly. It. It's the only person that came exactly. from D.C. that made it mainstream. On so, a mainstream level. So yeah. everybody really don't know what they're talking, talking about. about. Yeah. So I'm in this situation situation where I'm I'm just trying to make things happen. So it did come really at the perfect time. Right. Because it caused you, like you said, to sit down. And it was in that time where you made the decision that you were going to move to LA. Mm-hmm. And you started making the preparations for that. So tell us, talk to us about like how you came up with this decision. You was just going to pack up everything and go. And then what did you do to prepare so you was at least a little bit comfortable when you got there? I mean, I really was just off my like, yo. It's not working. Like this, <laughs> this is not working. In in order for like, and I always knew that it wouldn't work inside of DC. Like it just wouldn't work. There's like there's so many factors that's going against it. You have people that have the mentality that they have. You have people that have you know that don't want to help you out. You know unless they're getting something out the deal. Like you have people that are like literally like they a monkey see monkey do. Like yeah. it's just so much. Like and then you have like there's no entertainment 
industry here. Like mm-hmm. it's you're starting to run in a circuit and you realize that the circuit is just a circle where you're running into the same people that are saying the same things that say they <laughs> can do things for you and they can't do things. Like you just you're running in just a circle of just nothing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was just like I don't realize it was just like, yo, this is whack. Like this is why, mm-hmm. and I think it was really in that time of like, of like in that six months where I realized like where I had really went wrong. I started listening to people and thinking like where they wanted me to go, and and then the 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 model of where they wanted me to go was literally of nothing. Like <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're ba- you're comparing me to people who can't even are not even halfway as talented as me only have local notoriety and you're looking at that like it's something mm-hmm. and it's nothing mm-hmm. at the it's end of the bad. day it's yeah. nothing like you're looking at people who are middlemen and plugs or connections to people and where they're literally only people that just stand next to these people and for, like and take photos pictures, right? that's we, it like all y'all doing are like meeting celebrities and taking pictures yeah and just <laughs> taking pictures next to them and like they don't yeah. even know you past like them seeing you in that one moment to take a picture like mm-hmm. I just started to see things for what it really was and I was just like yo this is whack I gotta go I need to go somewhere where there are actually people that can help me in doing what I want to do mm-hmm. um, I was experienced in New York and, and, I, and in my experience in New York I realized that like it's kind of more of the same like you know you have people like I mean because New York at one point in time was like just the capital of everything <laughs> right? you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. but it's just not that anymore like it's more fashion based it's more uh, you know Broadway based like everything like that and then also I wasn't just like a fan I'm not a New Yorker like you know yeah. what I'm saying I love New Yorkers shout out to New York but uh, I love my New Yorkers I know my New York fans but I'm not a New Yorker mm-hmm. I can't wake up and go to sleep every day living in New York I'm not I just don't got that type of skin you yeah, know what I'm saying like yeah, I'm not built like that to you gotta be built to live in New York mm-hmm. like you know what I'm saying and I'm don't get it twisted like I'm built but I ain't built for that though yeah. you know what I'm or, saying or would choose to be in that yeah, yeah I wouldn't even choose choice, yeah, yeah I could def- if I had to live in New York I would I could live in New York and be you know and prosper for sure but I just off some to, yeah what? off some choice like <laughs> yeah. this is my choice like no 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 I'm straight yeah. um and then in my experiences of just visiting LA and just being in LA I realized that it was like something that I you know I'm gonna do well out here mm-hmm. I would do really well out here um and so that was like my choice that I had made um and really what was like the deciding factor like what really pushed me over the edge I lost another one of my friends you mm-hmm. know right before I left mm-hmm. you know and was like and now just hit me it was just like you know he was a father he was like you know a brother like yeah son you know what I'm saying I mean great guy you know what I'm saying like really great guy um and just lost his life to foolishness mm-hmm. and it's like and when people lose their lives it's never it, it, it's very rare it happens but it's very rare that it happens over something of substance you know, right. or it happens right. to the people that it deserves to happen to. Right. That's very rare. Mm-hmm. It always ha- happens to the people that are like out the way, the people who are like good people who just be like laughing and joking and, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, it's just cool with everybody. Like, don't really like be in a way like that. Just like be laid back. Mm-hmm. It's those people mm-hmm. are the ones that end up being the ones that's like on the t shirts and mm-hmm. people crying over their coffin. And I'm just like, yo, if that happened to him, rap was the same way. Rap was the exact same way. He was was, he never had really you know what I'm saying no problems he ran his mouth a little bit but that it was him he was funny he was the funny guy he was Jonah he was like he made everybody laugh like when he came around people were happy and then for that to happen to him and then the same thing happened years later to his right hand man butter was was like my man that died you know mm-hmm. it's always people that like yo you shouldn't even have went out like that mm-hmm. and I was like I can't stay here 
and had the same thing happen to me, knowing that I have so much going for myself. Right. I got so much going on. Like, that really was my deciding factor. I was like, yo, I really got to get you. Because, you know, I kind of left just off some just like, I had planned it out and everything. But the way I left was like, literally, I'm gone. Like, in the next couple of weeks, I'm be out of here. I remember you called me one time and y'all was just hanging out around the way and somebody started shooting. This was like when you was back walking, yeah. but it wasn't like all the way yet. So, yeah. like, somebody had started shooting and you had to get out of there. Yeah. But, of course, your legs still messed up, so yeah. you weren't moving but so fast. Yeah. Thank God you were fine. Yeah. But you was kind of like... Yo, like, I could have gotten, that could have been me. Yeah. You know, I could have been the one that got shot this day or whatever. And I, I kind of could hear in your voice how it was like, it's it's time for me to do something else. Then yeah. I think for everybody listening, that's something that we should really all just do from time to time is just take inventory on the things that's in our life, whether it's our environment, whether it's the people in our life or whatever, and pay attention to what's bearing fruit and what's not bearing fruit. So if you're in a situation or if you're in an area, a city or whatever, and it's not bearing fruit, you're not really, you working hard. Cause it's not like you was being lazy and waiting for something to come to you. Yeah. Like you would pack up and hop on a train, go to New York, sing yeah. in a subway, hop back on the last train, come back home and do the same thing, go to work and then do the same thing every weekend. Like you was really doing stuff at doing local performances doing what you had to do you really exhausted all dc options nah, facts. it's not like you up and left and didn't, yeah, try, anything. didn't try anything you really exhausted all dc options yeah. but it wasn't bearing fruit and right. so for y'all that's listening if you're doing a lot of things um and you're pursuing your dreams and you're doing whatever it is in your business and it's not bearing fruit you gotta change it up you gotta switch something up and sometimes it's as simple as changing your, your environment, environment. Putting yourself in a situation where if you take that same work ethic mm-hmm. and take it to the land of opportunity, mm-hmm. why would you not run into opportunity? You right. got the talent. Yeah. You got the work ethic. Mm-hmm. You just need the right person to see you. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened when, when you we left. left. I literally, it's so funny to me that I've done more in like seven, eight months in LA than I've done in like seven, eight years in DC. Like, mm-hmm. and it's so crazy. Like me, me, I think me moving to LA was like the best decision ever. And like you said, it just highlights, like, it's so crazy how you can look. There's nothing that I was doing was wrong. Yeah. I was just doing it in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. So you got to realize that like your dream, your dream is seeds, mm-hmm. you know, and you have to plant your seeds in the right environment you got to plant it in the, the right, right soil, soil. Yeah. you know what i'm saying you got to water it you know what i'm saying and it's got to be in the right condition so it can grow if you you know what i'm saying you know a flower can't regardless of what kendrick says in his song <laughs> a flower cannot bloom in a dark room like yeah. it's that it just won't happen you can water it you can talk to it but it's there, there's no light you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's not even if with like just regular light it's going to grow different mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like a light bulb like it needs that natural just like art. everything with your dream has to be artificial like it has right. to be like it, catered to that dream you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying so I just realized that like yo I got I got everything that I need to have a great flower except for the environment for it to grow in mm-hmm. and I have to like change I gotta like uproot this before it be, turns into like a dead flower mm-hmm. and put it in some good soil where it can get some you know good water and good sunlight and everything like that mm-hmm. which LA has both you know uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying great weather great weather people you know are a little saying? questionable but great weather no, the people are questionable <laughs> but 
<laughs> well, no, the people that are born raised because we don't have people from LA that are listening. The people who <laughs> the people who are born and raised LA are awesome. Yeah, people. yeah. The pe- I'm talking about I, the people who go there trying to pursue something. A lot of times, yeah, exactly. Up. I always tell her the story when I was there recently in the Uber ride, and we were um, we were in we were going somewhere, but it was All Star Weekend, mm-hmm. and so this guy was just like wrapping me and BJ up about like all the celebrities he deals with and how amazing yeah. his job is. And I'm like, ain't nobody asked That's you, you that. Yeah. Like, we said, how was your day? And you talking about Shaq. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. what are you talking exactly. about right now? Exactly. Yeah. So I love LA people who are born and raised, but the people who are transplants, you know, Transplant. they kind of make LA a, a weird place, but that neither here or there. But yeah, <laughs> plant your dream in the right soil. That's where we were at. <laughs> yeah, and ever since then, I mean, you were working at Nordstrom and Tyson's out here, yeah. and then you did find, you know, you was like, let me leverage what I already have. I yeah. got a job here, so instead of going out there and trying to figure it out, there's a Nordstrom's in LA, so let me figure out, yeah. can I keep my job? So you worked that out to where you were able to pretty much keep your job down there yeah. as well. Find different ways to do the same thing. Yep. The same. If one thing is not working, it's not to say that you can't get to the, mm-hmm. you know, get to the uh, whatever it was that you were trying to get to. You just got to find a different way to do it. Like, mm-hmm. so I'm saying, so it wasn't that Nordstrom was bad for me. I, so why would I, you know, take that out of the equation? Let me use that mm-hmm. to get to where I need to go and then change my environment around that with Nordstrom being my base. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So shout out to Nordstrom if anybody works for there. It's a great company. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, nah, I was like, no, I'm still going to work for Nordstrom. I'm still going to get this money. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? That's like literally getting me by. And then I'm going to go out there and do the same things that I've been doing in D.C. and see how it works. And it ended up working. So yeah. and sometimes it's not your whole process that needs to be overhauled. Sometimes it's just something as little as just where you're doing it at. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're in a small town or something like that, that can't cater to your dream, roll out. Because at the end of the day, if you love your dream enough, you need to love it enough to be able to like, man, I'm going to do anything to make this come to pass. And mm-hmm. if you don't, then it means that you don't really want it that bad. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind moving across moving across country for a lot of people would be a thing. I never looked at it like people are like, oh my gosh, don't you miss your mom? Don't you? Yeah, I miss my mom. Yeah, I miss my dad. Yeah, I miss my best friends. Yeah, I miss my hood. Like, mm-hmm. but in the scheme of weighing things out compared to my dream, does it like it, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's not even a question. Like, I don't really, I never even like second thought it. Like, man, I'm going to miss home. Like, mm-hmm. I have my moments, but I'm just like, man, I know I'm doing what I need to do to get me further. Right. You understand what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, if what you're doing is getting you further, you should never question it. Regardless of what personal, my bad, regardless of like what personal feelings you have, mm-hmm. you know. That doesn't mean anything. So I miss my home. I miss my environment. But you, literally, like I said, in eight months time, I've done more than I've done so in eight years. Man, I've happened. done so much stuff out there. It's like ridiculous. And it's just because of me having enough faith in myself to know that, like, man, I have this dream. And if I go about it the right way, mm-hmm. everything that's for me will be for me, mm-hmm. you know? And and just how God will work things out Facts. when you just get to where it is that you need to be. Because I remember talking to you, you like, oh, I was out some chick from The Bachelor. I was yeah. out singing in the Grove or wherever you was at. And mm-hmm. some chick from The Bachelor was out there. So she put me on her live. Mm-hmm. Go look at my live. He was like, go look at the replay of my live. And so yeah. I'm looking on it. I'm like, everybody's like, Becca Tilly sent me here. Yeah. Becca Tilly. I'm like, who the heck? 
is Becca Tilly? So yeah. I Google her and I'm like, oh, some white girl from the uh, from the Bachelor who had like a million followers. So that just drew like so big many lit. people big lit. to you or even the opportunity that you had um, with Puff or whatever. Just yeah. a producer seeing you out singing Saying. and texting them like, hey, it's this dude out here singing in the street. That's pretty dope. And then you having an opportunity to to work with him. Like, yeah. it's just so amazing how when you just put yourself in the right environment, like I always say, like, just give God something to work with. Yeah, that's all you, you gotta do. I mean? Like, get, cause he gonna it's all it's already, man, it's already going, you know what I'm saying? He already he already he already has plans to prosper you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But he not gonna reward you for doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Everybody got a dream. Like God gives us those dreams, you know what I'm saying? But he also gives us the ability to go out and work for those dreams. You know what I'm saying? He's going to make it possible for us. But you got, man, look, man, help me help you. You know <laughs> like, what I'm saying? Like, for can real. Can you get to L.A. so I can send you to yeah, people? Yeah, just like, get so there. Of, just get so there. You're so scared. Yeah. You're so fearful and you letting that keep you in the same place. Exactly. If you would just take one step, if you would just pack up your bags and move, I will make it happen for you. Facts. But nothing's going to happen if you just stay at home or stay in your comfort zone. So for that, for these people that deal with fear, I really encourage you to just feel the fear and do it anyway. You got to use that fear. You got to use, use that fear. Use it as fuel. There's nothing worse than a regret-filled coffin. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to be die. You don't want to die or, you know what I'm saying? Or be in a predicament where you can't do the things that you could do and look back like, man, I wish, man, when I could do those things, I did them. Mm-hmm. Like no, now's the time. Like do it now. Like mm-hmm. do it right now because like one thing, um, you know, I I think it's is it's so unfortunate for me to have lost so many friends. Yeah, you know, but I think if if I had to take one thing out of um my loss, you know, of my friends, and look at it like in a beautiful perspective. It's 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 giving me a perspective of of time, and that time waits for nobody. And time, you're not mm-hmm. old that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You owe your life. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you owe everybody. Like everybody's owed a death. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You owe God. That's that. the only thing guaranteed. Yeah, that's the only death. thing guaranteed is death. So it's like literally, you have to move like. Yo, I don't know when I'm going to die because reality is we don't. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like you don't want to be like in a position like where it's like, yo, you're going to die in like two months, bro. Like, you know what I'm <laughs> right, saying? You're like, right. oh, I wish I could have. No, do it now. Yeah. Do it now. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Um, Going back into what you were saying earlier about like, you know, what kind of like keeps me moving. Like fear death. And I really haven't I really haven't told anybody that I think mm-hmm. I've told you that like once but like mm-hmm. just fearing of my fear of dying before I do what it is that I'm meant to do and of course when I die I would have fulfilled my purpose of whatever it is because only God really knows that right you know right. what I'm saying that we he places some people in certain people's lives for reasons mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and 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 teaches them things through death yeah use your death to expire other people you know so like but I just would hate to not have reached my full potential of yeah. what I feel like I could, you know, achieve, mm-hmm. you know, just lollygagging around thinking that life is sweet or that mm-hmm. life is a joke or whatever like that. So that's one thing that also propels me. It's just like the fear of just like not reaching that potential before, right. you know, or not doing what I need to do in the, my time that was allotted to me, mm-hmm. you know? So that's a fear of mine. And I think that should be everybody's fear though. Yeah. You know, your fear should be like a your, healthy fear. Oh uh, yeah. It's a healthy, that's yeah. a very healthy fear. You shouldn't, yeah. it shouldn't stop you from like, whoa, whoa, you know, it should propel you like, man, I need to get out here for real. Cause mm-hmm. God could call me any day now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Yeah. I say the same thing. I always say like when I die and get to heaven, like I don't want God to be like, 
well, this is what I had. This is what you did. Good mm-hmm. job. You did great things. Okay. But this is what I had for you. Like, I wanted right. so much more for you. I would be sick. I'd be like, can I go back? Like, I don't yeah, care. Like, nah, can I, can you just send me back so I could try this again? Like, that's enough for me to be like, if I, like on this podcast, we talk a lot about building a relationship with God. And I always say, if God tells me to do something, I have to do it. Because one, I don't want to... I just don't want to waste my time doing things that's not going to work. So if I have the pleasure or the benefit or the whatever of having a relationship with God to where I'm able to know when God is moving me in different directions, I'm going to do exactly what he tells me to do. Facts. Because otherwise, that's just stupid. That's like me just banging my head on the wall unnecessarily when he already told me that's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, boom. Like, what? That doesn't, that, doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, that fear of death or that fear of not living out your dream should really, really fuel you. It's, I talk about a statistic I read a while ago that just stuck with me, that 91% of people die without fulfilling their dreams. Facts. Like, that's crazy. It's facts, though. But that's just, that's like you said, that's facts. That's the truth. A lot of people just don't. So, for everybody who's listening, I hope that this conversation has really just... If if now if it hasn't done anything, just inspired you to just move in spite of fear, because your story is really a story of failure, perseverance, and just making things happen. You know what Got I mean? Got to. Got it, to. And so I kind of wanted before we end, just talk about American Idol. So how did you get on American Idol? Um, they reached out to me. Like I was going there earlier. I thought you were talking about that earlier. I know. But um, they reached out to me. They, you know, that opportunity literally landed in my lap. And that's also, that also comes from conquering your fears. When you conquer your fears and you like literally move, you know what I'm saying? In spite of you being afraid to do something, Mm -hmm. God will reward you so much. Like literally like everything that you ask for, it would literally feel like it's just falling out of the sky into your hand. Mm -hmm. Like he rewards those who remain faithful. Like, you know what, you know, through everything that I had went through when I was in DC and just, and going through just trying to be somebody like, I just felt like, man, God, you ain't hearing me. Like you ain't Mm -hmm. hearing me. And it wasn't that he wasn't hearing me. It was that I wasn't hearing him. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. he's like, no, 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 no. You're not hearing me. Like, I need you. Why to- you give him that deep voice? Nah, though? nah. That's probably that's probably how God talks. You're, like, You're not hearing me. <laughs> Boy, I need you to listen. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it, it wasn't until, like, I, I just, like, man, I hear you. I hear you. Like, because I knew it was something moving me away from where I was at. Like, you need to go. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And once I listened and it just like went, I didn't have a, if it, stuff figured out when I moved to LA. Mm-hmm. I went to LA with like $800 in my pocket sleeping on Embry couch. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that situation right there had me just like off some, uh, that situation right there just had me off my like, man, I'm my own go out here before my life is over. You know what I'm saying? Off of something stupid. So when I, when I got out there, um, and just started doing, like I said, doing the same things that I had been doing. Like situations were just landing in my lap, and I was just like, "Oh God, I see what you did there." Like, you know what I'm saying? So, um, and and so American Idol was just a situation that landed in my lap. Initially, I wasn't going to do it, you know. My uh, my mom, you know, was just the contributing factor to that, and she was just like, you know, you know what, um, what do you have to lose? You know what I'm saying? They're coming to you saying you don't got to wait in line. You don't got to just come in and, you know, audition. And and then this is what it's going to be. And I'm just like, you know, okay, cool. Like, it was cool. Um, I mean, I wish I had to listen to myself. 
just because I'm just I know what type of person I am. Mm-hmm. I'm so full of I'm full of personality. I'm full of just stories. I'm full of just like realness. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, and I don't hide from it. I don't like I don't hide from my wrongdoings. I'm just a real open, just transparent, truthful, genuine person. But those are like those are dangerous concoctions because if you think about life and what it's made up made up of, it's made up of a lot of like you know things that are not real, things that are fake, things that are like surface level, things that are like you know especially when it comes to Hollywood. So somebody like me that's made up of so much just like, dang, that is real. Like, you know, like it's dangerous when you get put into like a package show like American Idol Mm -hmm. where, you know, not without giving too much. It just, you know, it it is what it is and it isn't what it isn't, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So somebody like me, I always just felt like, and especially after doing so many TV shows, you know, and trying to audition for those and those didn't work out. I was feeling like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that maybe this is just not cut out for me. Maybe right, I right. just got something that this is, you know what I'm saying, that just ain't for that. And maybe I'm meant to go this direction because I can get to the same, you know, destination just going a different direction. And mm-hmm. that direction might work better for me. You know what I'm saying? So, but just, you know, my mom is my mom and I'm going to always listen to my mom. You know, she ain't going to never tell me nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. But, um, so I'm just like, okay, cool. I gave it a chance. And for what it was, you know, it was a great experience. Um, i never, I wouldn't take it back. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It definitely, it get, I got something out of it. You know what I'm saying? So I, I wouldn't take it back. But, um, but just one thing I would highlight, um, always listen to yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's a big thing because I think that you know sometimes that fear will make will talk you out of like doing certain things that you know that you or that you that you know you you feel is right you know what I'm saying or listening to other people what will talk you out of doing things that you know well, is right specific. for yourself. You said that you should have listened to yourself and let me know if you just can't because of contractual stuff, but you feel like you should have listened to yourself with this. Are you saying that, you know, I mean, I know, but for the people, do you, are you saying that you should have not gone this route and not don't, done the show? I just feel like there were different routes that I could have went that would have been more lucrative for me just as a person, okay. you know, that would have, would have, uh, really shown me for who I was and not that, that American Idol didn't show me for who I was because I mean yeah, it didn't really show you at all it, yeah other than this, I this mean person. yeah but I mean just in that, but even in that first uh, even in that first audition like that was my personality mm-hmm. that's who I was like if you know me you know that's who yeah. I was so I mean yeah they but they only f- chose to focus on one aspect of me versus being me being on a platform that allows me to really be me and allow my my talent to really be shown and allow my my uh just who I really am to really be portrayed like yeah. that, you know, and without any type of alternative motive, without any type of like, you know, uh, exterior, you know, editing and things like mm-hmm. that. You know what I'm saying? Like really just like, let's let Casanova be Casanova and like, let's really portray this for what it is. I feel like there were other routes that I could have went down to achieve that goal. That right. um, American Idol didn't necessarily uh, achieve in my eyes, but like I said, it was a great experience for me, and I I definitely wouldn't uh, I definitely wouldn't take it back for anything in the world. Yeah, and there were factors too that you wouldn't have known, like just the yeah, yeah, how yeah. strenuous it would it's been on your voice right. to sing that much right. and all of that. Right. I mean, I think from the outside looking in, it was it was a good it was a good decision. Right. It was exposure for you on a platform that. 
you may not have been on. Right. You know, it was a way to just kind of put yourself out there to a large group of people. And right. then that's what it is now. But it, but because you were uh, eliminated when you were, now you're not. Now you have the freedom to kind of take those other routes that you was talking about. Right, right, so right. So it opened up, the, yeah, it opened up other doors. Yeah, now. it definitely opened up other doors for me. And I think in, in, in situations like that, you sometimes you have to go into situations that you don't want to go into to do the things that you do want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, so so whether that be working a nine to five mm-hmm. so you can go, get off, you know, your job and go work on your, you know, whatever it is that you need to work on or going into situations that may not be lucrative for you right now, but will push position you for your later. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you have to be smart enough to realize, like, in every situation that doesn't go your way, something did go your way. Right. And you have to use those things and expose those things and, you know, make the best out of every situation. And that, I think, and that's the thing that I've learned with all my failures and all my wrongdoings and all my missteps, just like using the things that were good mm-hmm. and putting those to the forefront. And moving, maneuvering through those things, you know what I'm right. saying. So that um, and American Idol is definitely on the list of things that, like, you know, it didn't go the way I wanted it to go, but there were still great things that happened because of it, and I will maneuver in those good things that happened. So, mm-hmm. and here we are, you know what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. can't really complain about it too much. Okay, so now that the show is done, um, the last episode of yours aired this past Monday. Mm-hmm. So you've been back home doing like a lot of press and stuff like that mm-hmm. about the show. So now what's the plan? Because some people might view this as another failure. I know you don't because right. you shouldn't. Right. But a lot of people really might view this as another failure. Like I went out to L.A., I got all these opportunities and I got on this show. I finally got past all the, the rounds that I didn't get past the previous times I did the show. Mm-hmm. But then I got cut off early, quote unquote. I got cut off at this or eliminated at this certain amount this certain point in time right. or they didn't give me as much airtime as they could have. Like it, somebody can easily be pessimistic about it. Right. And one thing I appreciate about you is you always look at situations, whether good or bad and figure out how can I use this to drive me to my next level? Right. So now with all of that in mind, what is, what's next for you? I mean, just, I really want to just, I'm now I'm at the point where it's like, yo, it's time for people to know who you are. They've seen you on a, a They've seen you in every type of way that they can see you. They've seen you on the street. They know you're talented. They've seen you on TV. They know that you can make it past, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The average singer. Like mm-hmm. now we know that, okay, this is William Casanova. So now I'm, I, I just want to put a label to the bottle of Coke that we know is Coke, but without the label, we wouldn't know. So mm-hmm. I'm literally just putting a label on it now. So just, I'm working on new music, uh, working on putting on a project. I'm also working with, uh, you know, uh, hey, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, just working with people that p- can position me and, you know, put me in other routes. But mm-hmm. I think my main thing, just when you ask, like, what's next, is literally, like, just just taking what I have mm-hmm. and, like, building on that. You know, that's what's next. Like, it's, it, I'm in a building process right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and then once I build, then I can, like, have a clear, like, clear, concise, like, okay, this is how we're going to make this million dollars now. Mm-hmm. Now I'm in the process of, like, okay, I need to, like, take this 15,000 followers or 16,000, whatever I have now, turn this into a solid fan base. How do we do that? Let's give them content. Mm-hmm. Let's give them, let's give them that, like, 
man, I can't, there's nothing I can do like to stop liking this guy. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, then they go to tell their friends. It's like, oh, you got to listen to this guy's music. You got to go look at this guy singing at the subway. You got to go look at this guy on American Idol. They go tell their friends and then it comes into a situation where it's like, I'm on the, I'm in the band now. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. now it's like, yo, who is this kid? Where did he come from? Like, he's awesome. I need an album. I need something from him. Labels pay attention to stuff, that type of stuff now. Right. You know, and, 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 my my goal um you know a lot of people are going the independent route as far as artistry you know which is cool like but i know for me to be the type of artist that i want to be and be on the caliber that i want to be in a, a major label would be ideal for me because they are mm-hmm. machine they can put me up against you know the adeles and the sam smiths and everything like that so yeah. that's the route that i'm going mm-hmm. so in order to get these people attention you know and to get the kind of deal that i want to get you know i have to like now i have to build that build solid that yeah, you gotta yeah, you gotta build a tribe now. And so mm-hmm. the only way that you do that is through consistency, you know, and in content. You know, mm-hmm. I want to be consistent in everything that I do. So, you know, whether it's me c- connecting with fans just an hour a day, just making them like, wow, or giving you the the videos or the things that I'm doing, you know, day to day that keep you interested in me or, right. you know, dropping the music that's like timeless music. That's just like, wow, I can't go get this from anywhere else. I haven't heard this in forever. I'm actually I've never heard anything like this. Mm-hmm. And then as far as the content, like giving you visuals, top quality visuals. It's just like, man, like he really put his, you know, heart into this or or giving you the interviews like the one that we're doing right now that gives you a different side of me that you wouldn't get out of the music or anywhere else for that matter, because Mm -hmm. nobody knows me enough to like even get this side out of me, you know, that makes people be like, man, this is a real guy. He's very transparent. He's just like, Mm -hmm. he's honest. He's been through some things, you know what I'm saying? So just literally putting everything that I have together into Mm -hmm. like a full fledged package to make people be like, you know what that's a legend right there yes you know also i'm glad you used the word legend at the (laughs) end of the episode i'm going to put in the legend in the making song oh wow so people could be able to listen to it after we're done but i just want to say thank you for doing my podcast i I know we was on abc7 and you was on the the local radio station you've been doing it so to to do my little show i I appreciate you i had to i had to i mean whatever i look like going on all these things and all these things and i can't even get on my own best friend's podcast right that's crazy you know i would have told you exactly (laughs) exactly (laughs) yes but yeah thank you so much for being on the show tell everybody where they can follow you at um you can follow me on all social media and platforms at will casanova dc that's will c A-S-A-N-O-V-A-D-C. And go to his SoundCloud at Will Casanova DC because he got some music on there. Some heat on there. I know we're going to play like the song at the end of this, but the songs on SoundCloud are awesome. So definitely check that out as well. So do you have any like parting words for anybody who is just going through a dream or pursuing a dream? They may have got knocked back a couple times. They may be fearful with just any like parting advice. Lay aside your fear. Don't be afraid to do anything that's going to propel you in a forward motion. Don't be afraid to listen to yourself past what anybody else is telling you. Also, don't be so prideful to not listen to somebody when they're telling you something good or to realize that, you know, hey, I made a wrong decision and you were right. Mm -hmm. You know, just be that be a good person, you know, understand whatever business that you're in, learn that business to all in and just Operate in 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 faithfulness and and in just believing that God is not doesn't want anything for you but to be you know 
great. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And if you realize all of those things and you do all of those things, your fear will not, you won't even know it subconsciously will just fade away. Mm-hmm. You know, so don't be scared, man. Go out there and do it, dog. <laughs> OK, all right. <laughs> Without further ado, to close off this episode, I'm going to play William Casanova's latest single. It's available this Friday on Spotify as well as Apple Music. This is Legend in the Making.
since I was nine years older, singing songs to the world that came from my soul, but oftentimes I find that dream is so hard to hold, cause life always tries to find a way to switch your goals up, but through it all, I kept faith in my little old dream, knowing God will always provide what was meant for me, and I pray every night before I fall asleep, that I become the legend that I knew that I'll always be. Rundle Federal Savings Bank means so much more than you think. Your money stays in the local community. It helps everyone grow and prosper. From a young couple moving into their first ever home to a growing family getting the bigger house they need. 